I do believe it's Colin Peacock from Midweek Media Watch. Hi, Colin. G'day. Hi. Yes, it is indeed me, Karen. I can exclusively reveal this tonight. Perhaps you could tell us what the weather's like in Wellington. Brian didn't seem to know. Uh, well, when I came in uh, a few hours back, I've been inside RNZ Towers, haven't poked my head out the door for a while, but when I came in, I was completely, completely drenched. It was extremely unpleasant, but not cold, just wet. Yeah, here it's going to be warm. All right, so what have we got on the menu tonight? Um, first off, a bit of um, a bit of anti-social social media. Uh, we heard, do you remember back in uh, last December, there was a lot of public outcry about British backpacker Grace Mullane, who got murdered, and then a sort of separate media row about the fact that the name of the killer was suppressed. Media here very annoyed that international media were reporting the name, and then, of course, Google put it out in their uh, trending topics bulletin, and that caused a real fuss. Now, at the time, Andrew Little, Justice Minister and Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern met with Google, uh, expressed their deep um, uh, anger about the fact that uh, this had undermined potentially our justice system, p- potentially compromised the fair trial rights of, of the guy who hasn't stood trial yet for that. Uh, and then Andrew Little yesterday said, well, Google's got back to him and said, well, we took a look at it, but we're not going to change our system. Um, and he is very disappointed, says um, Google's contempt for New Zealand law is unacceptable. And um, interestingly, a very similar case in Ireland right now, uh, where there's a teenage girl who was killed, two teenage boys, a very distressing case. Uh, in fact, Ireland's, uh, Ireland's youngest ever people charged with murder, I believe, for this uh, upcoming trial. Um, and again, the name suppression for them has been completely blown on Facebook and Twitter. Now, both those companies have offices in Ireland because Ireland has a sort of incentive regime to attract them there. So apparently uh, executives from those companies in Ireland hauled in to do a please explain and um, apparently not used to this because they usually get, apparently, according to reports, red carpet treatment everywhere they go in Ireland. So possibly the tide turning a little bit on these um, social media companies, but whether anyone can really roll them in any government like ours or Ireland's remains to be seen. It's all about the money. Yeah, but another thing, like, while the the focus has been on Google, uh, Facebook is just terrible. The You might have seen them, these bogus, I mean, clearly bogus endorsement ads featuring New Zealand celebrities. Um, so, for example, uh, Duncan Garner and Sir Bob Jones have featured in these ads um, promoting, you know, Bitcoin exchanges. And they just keep cropping up again and again. I'm sure Facebook could weed these out very, very simply. Um, but they just can't be bothered. And they're still there. Uh, there was some. Where are, the, where are they coming from? What what country? Oh, be, they could be coming from absolutely anywhere. You know, you'd never find out. But I mean, it can't be hard for Facebook to identify this stuff, like they do with obscene content and all that sort of thing. And the the way they target their advertising themselves. I mean, they've clearly got the technology. Um, there was some featuring John Campbell advertising, I think, holidays in um, Colorado, uh, which of course he's nothing to do with. But then I saw one that popped up in my feed. Um, which I thought was probably the worst one I've ever seen. This is a, a picture of Richie McCaw in front of, front of one of those helicopters he flies um, with the fake news clickbait caption, Richie McCaw in fatal helicopter accident. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, I mean, it's just appalling. And then you click on it, but it kind of gets worse because that then takes you to a website which has Richie McCaw uh, doing a fake bogus endorsement of um, some sort of uh, quack medicine for erectile dysfunction. 
That is a really, really difficult thing to to try to um, handle from this part of the world, isn't it? Because um, there are laws in place where companies can't do that. But yeah, it's fraud. It's, it's, yeah. And Facebook, like I'm convinced they could easily wipe this stuff out if they wanted to be. But I was just kind of wondering what's the greatest injury to the reputation of um, this great former All Black, you know, reporting that he'd falsely died or that he was endorsing um, that kind of uh, yeah, medical assistance product. <laughs> no, that is appalling. And what can well, he do? Nothing. Nothing. But I mean, can you imagine if a newspaper did it, published that, um, or uh, you know, ad on the radio, you know, um, or even yeah, even the stuff that's not... Um, you know, that that's not so clearly breaching the limits, like you know the Duncan Garner endorses Bitcoin and stuff. I mean, they they'd be prosecuted. Uh, the the company would be hauled over the coals for doing it. The Advertising Standards Authority would rule on that in a flash. And um, yeah, because it's online, people just live with it. If it was somebody like Taylor Swift. Uh, you know, if somebody like that, who his face was featured uh, in an ad like that, it'd be down and uh, before you could take an in breath. Yeah, you imagine so. But I think that's the thing; they they just don't care about markets of the size and um, people below a certain scale. So it'd be interesting to see if these things keep reappearing because I think, you know, it does. I mean, people are very fond of Richie McCaw, aren't they? And um, you know, seeing people falsely reporting that he died in a helicopter accident, which is you know, a feasible news story on the face of it if you haven't seen it because, you know, we know he flies helicopters now. Um, yeah, dreadful. And in New Zealand, no newspapers, no hard copy anyway. <laughs> no, I first became aware of this on um, the, the Kiwi Journalist Facebook page. Someone took a picture of a poster that was put up in the Kōru Lounge saying, um, this is part of our commitment to sustainability. Uh, that we're getting rid of newspapers. Please log on to our free Wi-Fi and browse the news as much as you like. And, uh, yeah, this has really annoyed uh, some people in the media. Cause, I mean, in New Zealand has this big um, mission at the moment to, uh, is the, these are its words, the least unsustainable airline, you know, knowing that... Um, the people's antennas are up now for um, carbon emissions and so on. Jeremy Rose actually looked at it, uh, this concept of flight shame. Uh, he looked at that on Media Watch a couple of weeks back um, and stories about offsetting carbon from flying. That's an option if you want to do it. Uh, but, you know, he was looking at whether anyone had ever looked into the notion of, well, if you do it and pay a few dollars, does it actually just encourage more flying, you know, encouraging, indulging your sin? Um, but a story out yesterday from Stuff and then picked up elsewhere saying, actually, um, in New Zealand while saying the number of its customers who are paying to offset their carbon emissions had increased by a third, but that's still something like 1.5% of the airline's total carbon emissions. And when you, when stuff dug into it, um, found out that it was uh, less than half the amount uh, or the, the volume of um, passengers paying to offset uh, than the airline's customers based in Australia or the UK. So New Zealand is just not into it. But this gesture of taking the newspapers out sort of backfired because both newspaper companies came out very quickly with comments and in the Herald's case, an article pointing out that these are very sustainably printed these days. It's mostly recycled paper that's used for the printing. The ink is uh, environmentally uh, not so damaging. So they say even I think geothermal steam, the Herald was saying, is used in some of its printing plants. So they're saying this is a 100 percent recyclable product, largely made uh, sustainably. And um, Air New Zealand, I think, has um, annoyed a lot of journalists, um, you know, at a time when possibly they shouldn't because um, people are examining their genuine commitments uh, to sustainability at a time when, like I say, you know, people are looking at carbon emissions and who's really walking the talk on sustainability.
Yeah, whoops. Mm. And journalists getting ripped off. We've talked about this now a couple of times, and it's such a it's a big issue, isn't it? You shouldn't have your stories just stolen. Well. Yes, I would say so. I mean, we talked to um, freelancer Anka Richter, who um, you'd remember she wrote that big long piece about Gloria Vale, went behind the Herald's paywall, published in the weekend edition. So that's, you know, premium content as the Herald determines it. I don't think anyone would argue with that. And uh, the Daily Mail ripped it off, published it on their site or boiled it down to a a few hundred words. Um, But we thought that this was doubly bad because, you know, the Herald needs to make money now from that high-quality journalism with its paywall up. And it was shortly after this uh, interview, and, and we chatted about it, that um, the RNZ Newsroom uh, collaborative podcast, The Detail, did an episode all about the Herald's paywall. And the editor of the Weekday Herald, uh, Murray Kirkness, made some interesting comments about what really is considered to be exclusive and unique content and what gets um, ripped off and how. And this is what he had to say. We charge for planned and unique content. Our material, it's hard for other people to match. Um, We all know that there's no such thing as an exclusive anymore. I can can break a story now and Radio New Zealand will steal it in minutes and have it on the website or or any other news website that you care to mention. And I'm the same. You know what I mean? We, We quite happily beg, borrow and steal from any source we can. But if it's an investigation, for instance, that's taken some time, it's done by... Uh, people, journalists that people trust, then, yeah, we'll consider putting that behind the paywall. Mm, Our friends, the Herald. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's being pretty frank there, pretty blunt, but saying, look, even if it's premium content or whatever you want to call it, um, it's it's high-quality original journalism. Once it's out there, well, fair game for people to report it. But how that actually gets done uh, is not okay with other journalists. And it seems that a couple of incidences over the weekend. So the Weekend Herald paper, big front page story about Alfred Keating, who's that former defence attaché um, who is about to start a sentence of home detention here because he was uh, convicted for um, filming covertly in New Zealand's embassy in Washington, D.C. So the headline on the story, The Peculiar World of Toilets by Alfred Keating. Uh, <laughs> I would have called it the DCWC story if I'd been (laughs) in charge, but I'm not, so probably just as well. But um, that was an exclusive interview, which uh, Carolyn Mengi had uh, tried hard to get. He claims he's innocent. There would have been a lot of public interest in it. Um, But within a couple of hours, uh, Stuff had reported the story. Now, one of the reporters, uh, Kirsty Johnston, got very annoyed with the fact that another journalist at Stuff had put the byline on it or or the the, the stuff had put her name on it. Uh, so she tweeted out this. She said, shout out to stuff reporter Brittany Degara, who wrote off an exclusive paywalled interview that took the reporter a year to nail down and put her byline on it. So um, that's pretty out there. And then RNZ's Indira Stewart climbed in in response and said she named a Herald reporter who she said had taken uh, one of her stories, which uh, got a lot of attention uh, when the first up show that she presents was new. This is that uh, sort of human interest piece about Fonterra and uh, a disabled man who uh, the truck drivers changed their um, delivery routine so that uh, he could greet them uh, on a special trike and then go to bed. It was quite a nice story. And she said, look, same thing happened to me. The Herald did it, wrote it up with all the quotes from my story, and there's a reporter's byline. So the editors are allowing this to happen, 
and they don't want the original source of the story, their rivals, to be acknowledged in any way. And it's annoying the journalists. Um, but it's pretty unusual. Um, in fact, I can't think of other instances where the journalists have come out and actually named each other, um, even though really I would say, um, and this has been discussed by the journalists, the responsibility really is higher up the chain with the editors who are getting them to do it. Is Murray Kirkness right when he says that RNZ rip off their stories? Well, when he says rip off, what, I don't think he means it. I think what he means is once it's out there and published in this online environment, the scoop value of things is gone. You can write what's called the matcher story. But the attribution, this is the same as the uh, argument, the, the debate we had with Anka Richter. She's saying, look, you know, you can write up the story about Gloria Vale, just make sure you know where it came from, who wrote it, and where the original quotes are coming from. But just don't pretend or don't let the reader get the impression that the journalist whose name is on the story, who is someone different, has actually gone out and sourced the same quotes. But the boot was on the other foot, actually, over the weekend, the following day, because uh, the Sunday Star Times had a story by Blair Ensor. Um, I don't don't think anyone could have avoided this by now because the story's been uh, reported a lot elsewhere. This is the Springfield Store and Cafe, the so-called rudest woman in New Zealand or rudest cafe. Yes, I did, and I watched that video. I, I was quite amused by that woman, personally. <laughs> Do you mean the video of the confrontation in the shop? Yes, or, yeah. in the shop. Well, you see, Blair Ensor, who went and did the story, um, went and filmed the locals in Springfield, including the guy who used to be the mayor, I think, who actually leased out the building to this cafe uh, people a decade ago, and they're still there, despite apparently being, um, what what can we say, temporary, uh, uh, unsuited to the... Um, uh, temperamentally to the yes, service industries. And it was a really nice multimedia piece, but the story itself isn't new. And in fact, the Herald had covered this back in 2016 when some of these encounters started uh, getting reported and getting noticed online. Kurt Bayer, their South Island reporter, uh, went there to, to you know, encounter the, the so-called uh, rudest cafe owners in the country and um, you know found them actually fairly pleasant on the day and um, the, the food wasn't great. Everyone else says their pies are amazing. They're terrible, so who knows? But um, the fact is... Once this story went out in the Sunday Star Times, the Herald wrote The Matcher and someone else's byline appearing on it. So um, stuff pointing the finger back at the Herald going, well, your journalists were moaning about this 24 hours ago. Look, you do it too. So um, others will point out, well, if they'd senior editors at Stuff and the Herald had got their way, the Commerce Commission would have greenlit the merger of the two of them last year and this sort of thing wouldn't be going on. Oh, Colin, thank you very much. We've run out of time tonight, but thanks for that midweek media uh, wrap-up. And we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Yep, I'll be here. Thank you. That's Colin Peacock.